the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Twin Cities Wellness Radio. With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. President Trump tweeting his outrage over NFL players refusing to stand for the national anthem. The president this morning writes the NFL players are at it again, taking a knee when they should be standing proudly. Orange and Riverside counties in California under states of emergency as a voracious holy wildfire continues to rage south of L.A. The fire has consumed almost 10,000 acres. It is nightmare. It's, it's so horrible. I just want this to be over. Lake Elsinore resident Annie Spurline talking with KGTV. Some 20,000 homeowners have been ordered to evacuate. On Wall Street this morning, stocks are sharply lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down about 166 points, while the NASDAQ Composite Index is off 39. This is SRN News. August is National Children's Eye Health and Safety Month. Common warning signs of vision problems include wandering eyes, disinterest in distant objects, or frequent squinting while watching TV. History of vision problems in your family may also be a red flag. Be watchful for these signs and consult your doctor or optometrist if you identify a potential issue. This Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. I don't have one thing in my life that I can boast about. Every single thing that is good is a direct result of Christ's salvation in my life. Matthew uh, is one that you might be talking to if you call our number. He's my son-in-law. We've established a great relationship over the past few years, and we pray that that might continue as he serves in the capacity of, of running the office. Well, when someone calls, usually I just try to see what their needs are and whether it's estimating for gutters or a roof or a repair if the roof is leaking. My focus is just always on trying to honor God in how I interact with people. You know, I just try not to add anything or subtract anything from what the Lord would have us do. I'm really excited to be fielding your calls today and talking to you about the needs you might have on your roof or gutters. For a free and obviously no obligation estimate, contact us by phone at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. 
Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-708-3091. 800-708-3091. That's 800-708-3091. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If you want to be inspired, get help in becoming all you can be, the time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. It's a great day to be alive. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black. Your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about how do you call them? How do you call them? Because ladies and gentlemen, it really doesn't matter what happens to us in life. What matters is how we explain it to ourselves. What matters is what is the narrative? You know, life happens to us one time and then we remind ourselves, we remember it, we recollect it, we store it as data. Uh, And then in our head, it plays over and over and over and over. And as I like to say, it really doesn't matter what happens to us in life. What matters is how we explain it to ourselves. What matters is the frame we put around it. It's kind of the story I once heard. There was this uh, umpire convention. And uh, it was late at night, uh, the end of uh, the event, and there was a whole bunch of... uh, uh, umpires sitting around having some drinks, and they probably drank a little too much, so they were pretty free-flowing with their words. And there was this three of them at this little table, and they started getting this deep conversation, you know, slurring the words a little bit. Uh, and the one umpire, uh, umpire says, uh, you know, I'm the best umpire there ever was. You know why? Because I call them like I see them. Well, another umpire kind of chimes in, starts laughing, you know, he's shaking his head, you, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm the best umpire out there because I call them as they are. And then the third umpire looks at them both and shakes her head and goes, you two have, you have no idea what you're talking about. Let's be honest. He says, they ain't nothing till I call them. And that's really what we have the ability to do. It, they really ain't nothing until we make them something. Our life, whether you look back and say positive, negative, resourceful, unresourceful, is nothing more than a frame. And the frame we put around anything gives it meaning. I remember the story I once heard called Broken Eggs and Shattered Glass, written by Keith Reddy. He said, on a recent Saturday evening at around midnight, my wife and I were just about to turn out the light and go to sleep when we heard the sounds of a group of people talking in the street outside our home. 
Then out of the blue came two loud thuds above our bedroom window, followed by the noise of laughter and people running away down our street. We both jumped out of bed. I turned the external lights on and rushed outside, unsure of what had caused the two thuds or what damage I could expect to see. The silence of the night was broken by the distant sound of people laughing, and at that moment, I was of a mind to chase after them. However, running barefooted on the road in the dark is not a very wise thing to do. I could hear dripping noises on the driveway, and the floodlight above our garage helped me to identify just what had happened. Our home had been the victim of an egg bombing. Being faced with the prospect of cleaning up this sticky mess in the early hours of the morning was not a pleasing thought. On top of which, I was less than impressed that we had been singled out for this annoying prank. I decided that was too late to clean up the mess, as it would disturb our neighbors, so it would have to wait till the morning. Early next morning, with a warm bucket of water and a scrubbing brush in my hand, and with the extension ladder placed on the front wall, I was now ready to wash off what was now two dry, yellowish, egg-grit impregnated one-meter-long patches above our front bedroom windows. My task was made even more challenging by the two large canvas awnings which protect our bedroom window from the heat and glare of the afternoon sun. My my annoyance with the late-night pranksters was again building to the level of the night before. After retracting each of the awnings, something we rarely do except when there is uh, or when there are very high winds, I then climbed the ladder to clean up the first patch of egg stain and then moved the ladder to clean the second patch. As I climbed the ladder for the second time, I noticed that the glass in a small window just under the roof line was very badly cracked. On closer inspection, the crack ran around over half of the outer edge of the window pane. As the awning protected the window, it was clear to me that the damage had not been caused by the egg bombing. As I carefully placed my hand on the glass, I discovered that the pane of glass was very loose, and had the window been closed with any force, it would have most likely shattered and the glass dropped to the driveway some seven meters below. Just a few meters away, we have a basketball ring, and on most days of the week, there are up to six young people who play in the immediate area, including both my sons. My thoughts immediately turned to what could have happened if the broken glass in the window had gone undetected for much longer and then suddenly shattered. The likelihood of my two sons and their friends being seriously injured was extremely high. After quickly washing the remaining egg stain off the front wall and with the help of Tom, my youngest son, I got to work with some heavy-duty masking tape and secured the cracked window as best as I could. Within 24 hours, the cracked window had been replaced and all was back to normal except for the small bits of eggshell I kept finding on the front driveway and stuck to our garage doors. Over the next few days, I realized that had our home not been bombarded by those eggs late on that Saturday night, I may not have discovered the broken window pane before it shattered and came down all over the driveway. Even though it had been an annoyance at the time, the broken egg and the stains were cleaned up very quickly. However, the pain that could have been caused by the shattering of glass would never have gone away and would have haunted my wife and myself forever and a day. The cold shudder that ran down my spine when I first discovered the cracked window and the thought about the consequences of someone being seriously injured or even killed made me realize just how lucky we had been. Frequently in life, the small things that happen to us may have a negative impact and cause some form of pain, sadness, discomfort, or even personal aggravation. It is often said that we should not sweat the small stuff, 
and always look for the positive outcome or the silver lining in those dark clouds of the current circumstances, even though at the time, that is not always the easiest thing to do. My personal experience with the egg bombing on that Saturday evening reminded me that most cases, there's always a flip side to everything that happens to us, and that often the flip side can provide a positive outcome for an even greater benefit, if not now, then at some time in the future. From now on, whenever I see or break an egg, I will think of the egg bombing incident and say thank you to those late night pranksters. Equally, I will always be reminded of Jean Paul Sartre's quote, what is important is not what happens to us, but how we respond to what happens to us. You know, there's a saying out there, ladies and gentlemen, all things work for the good for those who love God who are called according to purpose. It's Romans 8, 28. And I want you to think about, ladies and gentlemen, we all have the power to reframe. We all put meaning on things just like the story of the umpires. I call them as they are. I call them like I see them. But let's be honest. They ain't anything till we make them something. They ain't anything till I call them. So one of the things I like to study was transactional analysis with Dr. Eric Byrne. He says there's a stimulus and there's a response. The stimulus does not dictate the response. What happens after someone says something or does something, we immediately go to our three modalities, our three processing modes. We see something in our internal eye, we say something in our internal ear, and we feel something internally, either tactilely or emotionally. And then based on that, we respond. That's why I always say, ladies and gentlemen, nobody responds to reality. What we respond to is our personal map of reality. And our map of reality is framed. It's framed with our belief systems. It's framed with our past. It's framed with our traumas, our dramas, our beliefs in God, our beliefs in ourselves, our beliefs about who people are, uh, what life is. And whenever I talk about communication, I'm always talking about two types. There's intrapersonal and interpersonal. Most people work on the interpersonal communication, the way we act, react and act with another person. That's important. But I'm going to suggest to you right now that the way we talk to ourselves dictates the way we talk to other people. If you think you're a mistake, if you think you're a screw-up, if you think everything's your fault, then you're going to see them a little bit different. If you realize that you're under construction, if you know you can do better, if you're committed to be the best possible person, then you're going to look at constructive criticism a little bit different. If you believe everybody hates you, nobody likes you, and everybody's against you. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about how do you call them. We'll be back in three minutes. Listen to the impact of Leadership Awakening on Pastor Don Delich. Leadership Awakening is a very unique and dynamic 46 hours packed with energy, enthusiasm, and challenges. It has taught me to maximize my opportunities. My goal is to be the best that I can be for Jesus Christ and to inspire others to commit their entire bodies, souls, minds, and spirits to God's calling for them. My priorities are to serve the Lord first, my wife next, then my family, followed by all others. Listen to the impact of Leadership Awakening on Pastor Don Delich. Leadership Awakening is a very unique and dynamic 46 hours packed with energy, enthusiasm, challenges. It has taught me to maximize my opportunities. My goal is to be the best that I can be for Jesus Christ 
and to inspire others to commit their entire bodies, souls, minds, and spirits to God's calling for them. My priorities are to serve the Lord first, my wife next, then my family, followed by all others who connect with me. Leadership Awakening provides tools to enable us to focus our skills and to love blessing many lives. Please consider Leadership Awakening. To check out the dates and locations of upcoming Leadership Awakenings, go to likeitmatters.net slash events. That's likeitmatters.net slash events. On August 10th, get ready for a comedy that's off the leash. Do you think I'm ridiculous throwing a party for my dog? I would say that bouncy house is over the top. Four lonely strangers will discover that man's best friend... No offense, but is your dog pregnant or just super fat? ...are the best matchmakers. Dogs open their hearts to love and to be loved. This dog has made us a family. Dog Days, now playing in theaters. For 30 years, healthcare insurers have had it wrong. We don't need to manage our healthcare. We need to manage the finance of our healthcare. Sustainable healthcare. What is it? How do we attain it? What changes are needed? These and a host of other questions are addressed by Dr. Stephen Trobiani, MD, on his program, Sustainable Healthcare, on Twin Cities Wellness Radio, Saturdays at 2 p.m. That's Sustainable Healthcare with Dr. Stephen Trobiani, Saturdays, 2 p.m. on Wellness Radio 1570. If listening to Mr. Black on Like It Matters Radio is not enough, if you need more of him, Here's one option for your Mr. Black fix. Like It Matters Way of Warrior is his daily blog that can be delivered directly to you. Each day, he chooses a word from the Book of Wisdom and expands and illuminates the scripture to allow for application. Go to wayofwarrior.blog, click the follow button, and join the daily blog. For more of Mr. Black, go to wayofwarrior.blog. That's wayofwarrior.blog. Raise the bar with Mr. Black. In addition to Like It Matters Radio, Mr. Black is available for life caddy work. One-on-one coaching to help you achieve your dreams. Need a keynote speaker? Mr. Black will personalize a message for your audience. He also provides customized training for your business or organization. And of course, who can forget Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training, where thousands of lives have been transformed. All at likeitmatters.net. Raise the bar with Mr. Black at likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, Mr. Black. And please, if you do still do Facebook, a lot of people don't do Facebook, don't blame you. But hey, we uh, would love for you to like us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash L-I-M radio. Like us. We tell you what's on the radio show that day. We uh, share some great pictures. We kind of keep you in the loop. And please, uh, if you're interested in transformational training, if you're listening to, if you're interested in doing more than just listening to Mr. Black on the hour, uh, on the radio for an hour a day, and you want to apply what I'm teaching you, then go to likeitmatters.net. Let me help you learn how to uh, to do what we teach on this radio show. You know, today we're talking about how do you call them. And the concept for the show came a, a, a story I once heard. There was this umpire convention, and there was these three umpires sitting there at the bar at night, had a few too many drinks, were getting kind of slosh mouth and uh, just uh, openly saying things that maybe they shouldn't be saying. And they started arguing about who was the, the best umpire. 
And the first guy speaks up, said, man, I, without a doubt, you know why? Because I call them like I see them. And then the second umpire shakes his head and just kind of pushes him aside. Nah, I'm the best umpire. You know why? Because I call them as they are. And then the third umpire shakes his head laughing and said, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. He says, I'm without a doubt the best umpire. You know why? Because they ain't anything till I call them. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that made me think about our lives. You know, these existential questions, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? You know, they ain't nothing till you call them. No one responds to reality. What responders are map of reality? In other words, everybody's working perfect. I didn't say there was any perfect people out there. There was only one perfect, and he's not physically with us anymore. What I said is everybody is working perfectly. In other words, we're getting exactly the results we have programmed them to get. So think about this. An umpire, you can't challenge an umpire. When an umpire makes a call, it's the call. It's what it is. You know, I've uh, uh, officiated for some kids' programs, you know, basketball and all that. And, you know, we don't know what we're doing. we got kids running around, double dribbling, carrying the ball, doing all this stuff. And we're still blowing the whistle. We're still calling penalties. We're still, you know, doing all this. And you know what? The parents argue and people look at us sometimes like crazy. We don't know much. But you know what? They ain't anything till I call them as that official. And even if those parents don't like it, even if I made the wrong call, guess what? They ain't nothing till I call them. And once I call them, they are. And that's why we are called to control our thinking. You know, we got to be aware of it. That's why I love the good book. You know, Romans 12, 20, uh, Romans 12, 2. Uh, I do a Sunday uh, Christian radio show called Like It Matters by the book. And where I take all this stuff that I teach uh, and I scripturally break it down. Uh, and if you're interested in that, it's every Sunday from 9.30 to 10 a.m. on am980themission.com. am980themission.com. Every Sunday from 9.30 to 10 a.m. for 30 minutes. And it's called Like It Matters by the Book. And the foundation for that radio show is Romans 12.2. The NIV says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I love the New, uh, New Living Translation, NLT version. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You got to get this. We are called to transform. And the word transform is a verb. It's to change in form, appearance, or structure. uh, structure, Metamorphose. You know, when a caterpillar uh, becomes a moth or a butterfly, it is metamorphosed. You get it? It is transformed, which brings us to the second Definition, to change in condition, nature, or character, to convert. We're called to be converted, to be born again, to become a brand new, to transform ourselves, to change into another substance, transmute. 
And man, some of the synonyms to alter, convert, mold, mutate, reconstruct, remodel, revamp, revolutionize, transfer, translate, commute, cook, uh, denature, doctor, metamorphose, renew, switch, transfigure. Don't you hear it? It's powerful. To transform our thinking is to take something and to mold it, if you will. To mold it, if you will. Kind of like a sculptor. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To sculpt something. To see what's inside it. What can you take it and make it? You know, there's this unlikely tale about a brilliant Renaissance artist, Michelangelo. He was asked about the difficulties that he must uh, have encountered in sculpting his masterpiece, David. But Michelangelo replied with an unassuming and comical description of his creative process. He says, it's easy. You just chip away the stone that doesn't look like David. And I've heard this story before, and I started looking into it, and I found lots of different comments like this. A comment of this type was published in 1858 in the, quote, The Methodist Quarterly Review, without any overt humor. The essay discussed poetry, and the author compared the methods of adroit sculptors and poets. Boldface has been added to make a point. I want to hit some words. It is the sculptor's power, so often alluded to, of finding the perfect form and feature of a goddess in the shapeless block of marble and his ability to chip off all extraneous matter. And he lets the divine excellence, or she lets the divine excellence stand forth for itself. Thus, in every incident of business, in every aspect of life, the poet The person sees something divine and carefully scales off all that encumbers that divinity, that perfection, that desired outcome, and permits it to be revealed in all transcendent loneliness. And by 1879, I got this from the the quote uh, um, investigator, quote investigator, says by 1879, a humorous version of the tale was in circulation. A weekly paper devoted to free religion called, quote, The Index, printed a short item under the tile, quote, the simplest thing in the world. The statement was ludicrously credited to the leading art critic, John Rushkin, an acknowledgement to a periodical in Paris, France, was included. Quote, he says, that Venus, said a critic severely, is a pretty poor piece of work. It is very easy for you to say, says a friend of the artist, Still, a man has got to have some acquaintance with art before he can sculpt a statue like that. Quote, Oh, bosh, as Mr. Ruskin says, sculpture per se is the simplest thing in the world. All you have to do is take a big chunk of marble and a hammer and chisel and make up your mind what you're about to create and chip off all the marble you don't want. I want you to get the metaphor The analogy, that is really what our life is. We can't control what's thrown at us. We can't control certain things in life. But we can control how we respond to them. The old saying is life, you know, life deals you a deck of cards. You can't control the cards that life dealt you. But you can control how they're played. The picture of success shows a a sailboat in choppy waters. There's a storm blowing. There's you know, five-foot waves, and it says success. You cannot control the wind, but you can adjust your sails. 
And in 1888, there was a comical version that had entered the domain of inspirational books of self-improvement. The volume called Masters of the Situation or Some Secrets of Success and Power included the remark that you heard above. To reckon without it reminds one of the countryman's idea of sculpture. The simplest thing in the world. All you have to do is take a big chunk of marble and a hammer and a chisel, make up your mind what you're about to create, and then chip off all the marble you don't want. That is so powerful if you think about it. And that really is the powerfulness of what we can do with our lives. It does not matter what happens to us. We can transform that. Nobody responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. We don't respond to what's going on. We respond to what we believe is going on. You got to get this. In my training, it's very intense. I have two days to change people's lives, and it's not easy. So I squeeze people. I use the number one fear in the world, public speaking, as a vehicle, as a battering ram to push through other fears, both known and unknown. You know, fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, low self-esteem, wanting to be liked. You know, we go through life and we carry our chains of pains from our past into other people's future. We remind ourselves of all our shortcomings, all our flaws. Everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And we are the one that allows every single belief system. We are the one that structure every single belief system. We either do it through commission or we do it through omission. Some of our belief systems have been created through our experience, through laziness, through an easy way out. But some of our belief systems have also been created through our own omission, just unconsciously, without paying attention. We've taken on the world's belief system. We've taken on other people's belief systems. we taken on society's belief system. And why does that matter? Because everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief. And that's the frame that we look through our past. We look through our past. We look through our screw-ups. We look through our successes. We look through our traumas and our dramas through this frame, through this filter called our past. That's why the story about the umpire is so powerful. And if you think about it, our life ain't anything till we call them, till we make them what we believe they are, and then we act as if. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the power of framing on the topic being how do you call them. We'll be back in three minutes. Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees. Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team absolutely changed. They are energized in a way that is is off the charts different and better than we ever had before. First of all, best investment I ever made. Secondly, we decided to reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience. Every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included. Change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, September 13th through the 15th. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. August is National Children's Eye Health and Safety Month. Common warning signs of vision problems include wandering eyes, disinterest in distant objects, or frequent squinting while watching TV. History of vision problems in your family may also be a red flag. 
Be watchful for these signs and consult your doctor or optometrist if you identify a potential issue. This Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570. Need special boots or shoes for a new job but you don't know where to start? Step into Chet's Shoes for expert advice and a proper fit. A boot can make or break your job, so make sure you get the right one for you. We have safety toe options in steel, aluminum, composite, as well as regular work boots. Check out our expanded line of women's work boots. We've been fitting people for over 70 years. Stop in to see us in Columbia Heights and our Red Wing stores in Circle Pines, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, St. Cloud, and Columbia Heights. Remember, if the shoe fits, you've been Chats. Did you know approximately 980 Minnesotans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year? Only 88 will live to see the year 2022. These are not simply statistics. Every one of those diagnosed represents someone's mother, father, sister, brother, colleague, or friend. Pancreatic cancer is the world's toughest cancer with a five-year survival rate of just 9% in the U.S. The Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is determined to improve patient outcomes today and double survival by 2020. We need your help. We are the only organization with a nationwide grassroots army inspiring over 1 million people to take action and accelerate progress in the fight to end pancreatic cancer. We must do more and demand urgent action to save lives. Find out how you can join the fight by visiting pancan.org. That's P-A-N-C-A-N dot org, pancan.org. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, your radio life caddy. And people always ask me, Black, why do you call yourself a life caddy? Well, that's easy. It's a powerful metaphor. If you think about the game of golf, a caddy allows you to uh, enjoy the game more. Why? Well, because he carries your bag. He drives you from, if he's driving the cart, from hole to hole. So it helps you. It lightens your load. That's what a good caddy does. A good caddy also knows the course. And so he gives you some input, some instructions, some, some maybe some secrets, maybe some shortcuts, maybe some, some information that you might not be readily available to you. And usually a caddy knows the game of golf and he knows how to swing goes, how to putt. And so a good uh, caddy can also uh, give you some input to help you do better, to give you some feedback that might increase your swing, that might increase your distance, that might take some pressure off you, that might be a word of encouragement. Well, the overall role of the caddy is to help you be as successful as possible. And if you think about famous golfers out there, whatever their names are, Tiger Woods or Els or or Hogan or whoever, you know, Nicholas, you usually don't remember their caddy. Most people couldn't tell me who a famous golfer's caddy was, but you know who does remember the caddy? That golfer. And they know the impact they've made. They know the help they've given them. They appreciate their service. They appreciate their time. And they know that that caddy made that championship possible to a degree and allowed them to enjoy the process much, much more. And so that's why I'm a life caddy. And by the way, if you miss any of this radio program, you can always go to our website, likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com. 
You can listen to this message and all archive messages. We got about three to four months of messages on there, and you can listen to them at your own leisure. And by the way, we are a national radio show, international, I should say, and most people listen to us on iHeartRadio or TuneIn Radio. On iHeartRadio, all you got to do is uh, search Wellness Radio 1570. It's our connection to our Minneapolis uh, foundation, our, 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 our radio station. AM 1570, TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com out of Minneapolis. So we are connected to them through iHeart. So if you go to iHeart and search Wellness Radio 1570, Minneapolis or whatever, uh, you'll be able to find us every Monday through Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time and then repeated 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and we're also in St. Louis local audience. We are 95.1 FM and 1260 a.m the St. Louis Gospel Experience. You can also now find us in Richmond, Virginia. We are on AM 1290 and FM 103.3. And in Virginia, we play every single night, Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. And actually, our first class ever in Richmond, Virginia will be August 23rd through 25th. If you want more information about that, Go ahead and give me a call at 817-502-1554. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the good book, I love the good book. Genesis 1-1, the very first sentence in the entire Bible says, In the beginning God created. And I always tell people to stop right there. Because our first introduction to God was as creator. Our first thing was he was a creator. You know, there's an old story about, you know, you had a uh, an attorney uh, and you had a uh, uh, an architect, you know, and they were sitting around and said, you know, uh, the 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 biggest uh, the original uh, vocation was, was being an attorney, you know, because you know basically you had to argue for everything in the old days. You had to argue for this. You had to argue for that. Uh, but the architect came back and said, no. In the beginning, God created. At the very beginning, the very first thing we see, God is an architect. He he's a creator. And ladies and gentlemen, why does that matter? Because if you drop down 24 verses and you go down to Genesis 1:26, it says, let us make man in our image. In other words, we were made in the God class. We were made to create. The law of attraction, to think is to create. Even the Bible says that. If you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery in your heart. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he becomes. Don't you get it? Don't you hear it? To think is to create. We're supposed to focus only on those things that are good and pure. We're called to transform our thinking. It's not new age. It's not a secret. It's old age. It's biblical. We have to control the frame, the way we look at things. We can look at things as a blessing or a curse. And it can be the same exact thing. It's just the frame we put around it. You know, one of Ronald Reagan's favorite jokes, Ronald Reagan was uh, one of my favorite people on this planet. Uh, he was my inspiration for a long time. If I think of President of the United States, I think of Ronald Reagan. And uh, this is one of my favorite jokes he used to tell all the time. And I found out by reading uh, Ed Meese's book that this was his favorite joke. And he says there was this couple that had two children, and the parents were worried that the boys had developed extreme personalities. One was a total pessimist, the other a total optimist. The parents took them to a psychiatrist to see what they could do to help them both. First, the psychiatrist treated the pessimist. Wanting to brighten his outlook, the psychiatrist took him to a room piled to the ceiling with brand new toys. But instead of yelping with delight, the little boy burst into tears. What's the matter? The psychiatrist asked. 
baffled, said, don't you want to play with Annie's toys? Yes, the little boy bawled. But if I do, I'd only break them. Next, the psychiatrist treated the optimist. Wanting to dampen his outlook, the psychiatrist took him to a room piled to the ceiling with horse manure. But instead of wrinkling his nose in disgust, the optimist emitted just the yelp of delight the psychiatrist had been hoping to hear from his brother, the pessimist. Then he clambered to the top of the pile, dropped to his knees, and began gleefully digging out scoop after scoop with his bare hands. What do you think you're doing, the psychiatrist asked. Just as baffled by the optimist as he had been by the pessimist, the young boy says, with all this manure, manure, there must be a pony in here somewhere. (laughs) With all this horse doo-doo, there must be a pony in here somewhere. I love that because it's so true. It does not matter what happens to us in life. What matters is the frame we put uh, around us. You cannot control what another person is doing in their head. Transactional analysis tells us that there's a stimulus and there's, there's a response. The stimulus does not dictate the response. It might encourage it. But what happens, we go to our three channels, we see something, we say something, we feel something. And then based on that, we respond. I mean, look at the political world. To some of you, whatever Trump does is going to be evil because you hate him. You just have hate in your heart. And for some people, uh, whatever Barack Obama does, people are going to love or or hate either one. It doesn't matter because it's really not responding to reality. You're responding to your map of reality. That's why this whole racism thing is so simple. You got to go back to the real definition of the word. People want to change the meaning of words all the time. And they've done this one on racism. Racism is when you use race as a deciding factor. If you like someone or don't like someone, you're a racist if, because of their race. If you hire someone or don't hire someone because of their race, you're a racist. If you want to befriend somebody because of their race, then you're a racist. If you don't want to befriend somebody because of their race, you're a racist. If you hire someone or fire someone because of their race, you're a racist, period. To use race as a deciding factor, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is for another radio show, but let me say it. There's only one human race. 99.9% of all of our DNA is identical. The, the, the color of someone's skin, the pigmentation, dark or light, is a marker in your DNA. The shape of someone's eyes, either round to the slant, is a marker in your DNA. Your height, your weight, the hair color, markers in your DNA. 99.9% of all of our DNA is the same. But yet you have people out there, you get white supremacists out there that look at everything through color. And if you're white, you're automatically okay. If you're black, you're automatically bad or any other skin color. But you got the nation of Islam. You got Black Lives Matter that believe the same thing. Duke just started a class about the frailties of white privilege and want to know why white people don't see racism. That's stunning. You see, they're coming from a limited belief system. They're coming from a frame of thought. And the one thing we have all control over is how we frame something because nobody responds to reality. But what we do respond to is our map of reality. You got to get this. You know, I remember the story of uh, 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 celebrated German sculptor J.H. von Daniker. 
Napoleon came to von Daniker and he said, I want you to make a statue of Venus for the Louvre in Paris. Great gallery there. Von Daniker said no. An enormous sum of money was then offered to him by Napoleon. He still refused. The emperor angrily demanded the reason why, and this is von Daniker's answer. Sir, I have made a statue of Jesus Christ, and I can never lower my chisel to carve an inferior subject. I like that. He then proceeded to tell a story, and von Daniker did. He said, the first time I molded Christ, after two years of work, I uncovered the finished statue in the presence of my little girl, and I asked her, who is that? She clapped her hands in admiration and cried, it is certainly a great man. And I smashed the statue and went to work again, praying as much as I toiled. When I invited the girl again later to enter my studio, she went to the figure as if it were alive and said in awe, oh, I know him. He is the one who said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. It's a story I once heard from John MacArthur telling. It's so powerful. It doesn't matter what happens in life. What matters is the frame we put around it. We create our own reality. I didn't say there is no reality. I said it's the way we frame it. If someone comes to you and you have respect for them, then what they say you're going to have value to. If someone comes to you and you have no respect for them, it doesn't matter what they say, good or bad, you will not value what they're saying. What's the difference? The difference is not in the words. The difference is not in the person. The difference is in the frame that you, that I put around them. That's it. Words are nothing more than a whole bunch of letters put together without the energy to back them up. And the meaning that anything has in life is the meaning that we give it. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Go to likeitmatters.net to find out more about Leadership Awakening workshops. That's likeitmatters.net. Here at The Kingdom Builders, relationships are more important than sales figures. We're not real interested in doing these commercials to pull you in with marketing. We're more interested in having an opportunity to reach out and establish a relationship with you. Matthew, my son-in-law, now works a lot in the office with me, and our goal is really to be great ambassadors for the Lord Jesus. We don't want to put our light under a bushel basket. Yeah, I've just really enjoyed talking with customers and seeing what their problems are and trying to fix those for them, trying to get peace of mind with the issues they're having with their home. We think the business part will come naturally if we have a good, solid relationship with you and establish a level of trust. We've just been immensely blessed with all the people that we've met in the past few years, and we look forward to growing our family of customers. We'd like the opportunity just to look at your roof, your gutters, whatever it might be, for a free and obviously no obligation estimate. 
Find us online at thekingdombuilders.net. Here's what a pastor from North Carolina who served for 33 years said about Leadership Awakening. If you don't think you need it, you're probably the one that needs it the most. You know, I was one of those, been there, done that, and I've been through some powerful things. Most of them have been ministry-related, and I mean, I've been in the hearing and in the presence of some of the best speakers about Christian things that the world knows. And I've been encouraged, and I've been excited, and I've been given energy. Honestly, this did something for me that none of those ever did, and I'm not sure ever could, because it presented to me some methodologies and some practical principles that I had never learned. And it has made a tremendous impact on my life. Change the course of your life by attending the next Like It Matters Leadership Awakening in Richmond, Virginia, August 23rd through the 25th. Go to likeitmatters.net, click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we're talking about how do you call them. And the reason for this uh, radio program, if you haven't heard it yet, you can re-listen to it again. If you missed the first three segments, just go to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com, and you could listen to this and other archive messages. And the concept is this. There was a umpire convention. There was three umpires sitting at a bar late at night, and they were arguing about who was the best umpire. And the first umpire says, you know, I call them like I see them. And the second umpire says, well, I call them as they are. And the third umpire says, well, they ain't nothing till I call them. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what each of us does, whether we realize or not, we are our own personal umpire in life. It really doesn't matter what other people think. What matters is what do we tell ourselves over and over and over? What is the frame we put around something? Reminds me of a story called The Tale of Two Pebbles. This was from Edward de Bono. Many years ago in a small Indian village, a farmer had the misfortune of owing a large sum of money to a village moneylender. The moneylender, who was old and ugly, fancied the farmer's beautiful daughter. So he proposed a bargain. He said he would forgo the farmer's debt if he could marry his daughter. Both the farmer and his daughter were horrified by the proposal. So the cunning moneylender suggested that they let Providence decide the matter. He told them that he would put a black pebble and a white pebble into an empty money bag. Then the girl would have to pick one pebble from the bag. If she picked the black pebble, she would become his wife, and her father's debt would be forgiven. If she picked the white pebble, she need not marry him, and her father's debt would still be forgiven. If she refused to pick a pebble, her father would be thrown in jail. They were standing on a pebble-strewn path in the farmer's field. As they talked, the moneylender bent over to pick up two pebbles. As he picked them up, the sharp-eyed girl noticed that he had picked up two black pebbles and put them into the bag. He then asked the girl to pick a pebble from the bag. Now, imagine this, ladies and gentlemen. You're standing in the field. What would you have done if you're the girl? You know he picked two black pebbles. You know you were going to lose no matter what you did. He set you up. So if you had to advise that little girl, what would you have told her to do? Take a moment, think about it. What would you recommend the girl do? Here's what the girl did. The girl put her hand in the money bag and drew out a pebble. Without looking at it, she fumbled and let it fall under the pebble-strewn path where it immediately became lost among all the other pebbles. 
Oh, how clumsy of me, she said. But never mind. If you just look in the bag for the one that is left, you will be able to tell which pebble I picked. The moneylender dared not admit his dishonesty. The girl changed what seemed an impossible situation into an extremely advantageous one. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's about being creative with our thoughts. We could look at a situation. I'm going to talk about being Pollyanna. But 87% of all diseases are psychosomatic. We poison ourselves with our thoughts. We cannot control what happened to us. But we can control the frame around it. We can control the narrative in our head. And that narrative makes things real. That's why I love the the Optimist Creed, written by Christian Larson. This was from 1912. It says, promise yourself to be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. Promise yourself to talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person you meet. Promise yourself to make all your friends feel that there's something in them. Promise yourself to look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. Promise yourself to think only of the best to work only for the best, and to expect only the best. Promise yourself to be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own. Promise yourself to forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future. Promise yourself to wear a cheerful countenance at all times and give every living creature you meet with a smile. Promise yourself to give so much time to the improvement of yourself that you have no time to criticize others. Promise yourself to be too large for worry, too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to prevent the presence of trouble. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's about the frame we put around it. It ain't nothing until we call them. You know, for those that know me, know my childhood was very traumatic. My dad had a very troubled childhood, and uh, he passed it on. Now, unfortunately, the Bible is pretty clear. The sins of the father go three and four generations for those who hate the Lord. And it's just factual. Now, to this day, I can tell you right now, I'm thankful for my childhood. I uh, reconciled my dad. I loved my dad. Uh, we took care of him near the end of his life. I uh, was able to deliver his eulogy. Uh, my dad was a strong man. Uh, and he taught me a lot. And a lot of stuff at the time that he taught him to me it was not something I was interested in. I didn't like the way he taught it to me. I didn't think it was fair. I didn't think it was right. But to this day, I'm so thankful. So thankful because that created a pain in me that created a chasm for joy to fill up. That pain in me drove me to want to heal myself and to help other people. My childhood, I framed in such a way that I wanted to be a great father to my kids. That I wanted to give them what I didn't have. And so we can't control what happens to us. Hurting people hurt people. And we can't keep a pound of flesh either because 87% of diseases are psychosomatic. Our thoughts dry our bones. Our thoughts destroy us. Cancer, heart attacks, TMJ, migraine headaches, irritable bowel syndrome. A lot of those are caused by our bitter thoughts, our bitter uh, actions, holding on to things from the past. We need to understand the power of frame and reframing. Because the only meaning anything has in life is the meaning we give it. I always tell people that my opinion in a dollar will get you a cup of coffee at 7-Eleven. In other words, my opinion, the only value it has is the value that you give it. That's it. There is no other value. So the frame, the frame that we put around something gives it meaning. 
Frame is the way in which a thing is put together in established order. It's how we shape things. It's how we form things. Frames give meanings to words and phrases and experience. It changes our internal representation. The meaning of any experience in life depends upon the frame we put around it. Technically, nothing in the world has any meaning except the meaning we give it. How we feel about something and what we do in the world are dependent upon our perception of it. Think about this. If we perceive something as a liability, that's the message we deliver to our brain, and we act as if. Then the brain produces states that make it the reality. If we change our point of view by looking at the situation as an opportunity, as a learning lesson, whatever it is, we can change the way we respond to situations life. That's why, you know, if I said, you know, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, um, Thomas Edison, I should say, um, uh, Sam Walton, Colonel Sanders, uh, uh, Mary Kay, all these people had very little success. But they didn't let that success stop when they reframed it. I've heard the saying that you got to get no seven or eight times in order to get a yes. The difference between a great salesman and an okay salesman is what happens when they get a no. How do they reframe it? How do, what do they tell themselves? And so we have the power to frame our experience. Matter of fact, I honestly believe that one of the keys to success in life is to consistently represent our experience in ways that support us in producing even greater results for ourselves and other people. And there are three different ways we can frame and reframe. We can do outcome reframing. That's well-formed goals. There are six elements of a well-formed outcome. I'm not going to go through those now, but if you're going to set a goal, you might want to properly form it. Why? Because it increases the possibility, the probability of accomplishing it. The second way we can frame or reframe things is life events. And the way we do this, we identify memories that cause unresourceful states and replace with new memories to cause a resourceful state. This can be done daily. I actually have a nine-step process called Thoughts and Emotions Journal where we go through situations, experience that we had with people that didn't turn out the way we expected them. And then I have you go through it step by step to reframe it, to take a look at all the missing data and to change the meaning you put on it. That's what I'm talking about, life events. And the third way is simple reframing, changing negative statements into action statements. I teach this a lot in our training. If you're going to do any lasting training, you must put a program in place. I call it an auditory override program, AOP. You've got to combat the lies in our head. A lot of people have belief systems that aren't true, that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough, that you can't do this unless you do this, that you can't give a speech unless you do this, that you can't function without eight hours of sleep. Those are all belief systems, and the only power they have is the power that you give them. That's why in our training, if you go to likeitmatters.net, you can read about it. I teach you the power of your words. The things you say in your head are called programming. And what we believe is what we say over and over and over and over. And you got to get this, ladies and gentlemen. You're an umpire. You get to call the shots. Eventually, God calls the shots, but he lets you live your life. He gives us free will. And then you'll be accountable in glory for what you did. But you got to remember, you're the umpire. You can call them like you see them. You can call them as they are, or you can realize they ain't nothing till you call them. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future. And I'm reminding you and me that when we live our lives like they matter, they do. 
Hi, this is Lisa. And I'm Elizabeth. We're the hosts of River Ahava Wellness. We talk about meaningful movement for individuals in their wellness walk, which means your spirit, your soul, and your body. Awaken and fulfill destiny. Restore and promote personal identity and wholeness. Lisa and I are here to encourage you with easy baby step ideas for your purposeful lifestyle habits. Come listen to the show where taking responsibility is fun and life-giving. Saturdays at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Wellness 1570. Greetings, my friend. This is Elizabeth and Lisa from River Ahava Wellness. We partner with you to promote health, spirit, soul, and body. One lifestyle change which is vital for your soul, which flows from your spirit, is prayer. Pray when you're happy. Pray when you're under attack. Pray when you are blessed. Pray when you're broke. Pray in the morning, noon, and night. In all seasons. This is important for your victory as a believer in Jesus Christ. This message sponsored by John M. James LTD, providing tax prep and accounting, 763-227-7909. Your resource for health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570, KDIZ Golden Valley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.